If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. What's up, everybody? It's another Star Wars TV talk. This time we're talking Andor, and specifically the first episode of the Andor series. Now, this is Bo, by the way. Hi, how's it going? And if you've been listening for the last couple little minis that we've been putting out, you know, I've been, uh, I've been struggling with Omicron, with COVID. If you can hear by the sound of my voice, I seem to be on the better side of things. I'm not fully back to normal. In fact, my energy levels are definitely not. But I'm definitely on the mend, so thank you all for your thoughts and prayers, and uh, yeah, doing, uh, doing okay. Now, I debated which way was the best way to do this, because they released three whole episodes on launch day for Andor, and I could, you know, like I did with Kenobi, I could like watch them all together and kind of put in like one big mega episode about all of them, or I could do them one at a time. I decided to do one at a time just because, as I mentioned, my energy levels are kind of all over the place right now, and I want to watch an episode and get one of these out to you as soon as possible. And right now, that just means watching the first episode. That being said, it is a little bit of a challenge because we didn't get a whole lot to really kind of pull from. We immediately get introduced to this world. We get a chance to see that we're going to be dealing in the dark underbelly of the Star Wars universe. In fact, possibly a darker part of the universe than we've ever seen before. We open things up, we meet Andor, he's in kind of this, you know, red light district-esque uh, area on this planet. He is, you know, seeking out his sister and comes into trouble with these two off-duty security officers and then, you know, kills them. So like there's, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot in that one setup scene that really immediately communicates to us that this is not your kid's Star Wars, okay? We're going to be going, we're going to be going to the depths, to the dregs, not to the dark side, but maybe to the gray side. And definitely the darker side of the Rebellion. At this point, Andor does not appear to be a member of the Rebellion. In fact, it's very possible that those kills, especially the first one, was his first. It was accidental. And then he had to kill the second dude because he had to cover up his tracks and everything. He's on his own mission. He's trying to find his sister. And at this point, he doesn't seem to be attached to any kind of specific rebel cell or even the Alliance as a whole. It was nice to see in the flashbacks that he and his sister appear to come from a planet where, you know, they are not as technologically advanced as other planets in the galaxy, at least based on what we've seen thus far. And it seems like this is all about to change with the crash of this ship, presumably an Imperial ship, that's going to come, you know, falling down on their world. Now, instantly when I see kind of the flashbacks compared with everything else, there's two different ways they could go about this, right? Because we've seen them throughout a lot of these Star Wars Disney Plus shows using flashbacks as kind of this B or C story to help bridge what's been going on in the past versus what's been going on now. Mandalorian did this very well in terms of sprinkling in little scenes here and there in terms of what his background is to kind of help us establish who he is, how he became a Mandalorian, what a foundling is, all these different aspects of things, the things that make him tick. Then we kind of like throw it to Boba Fett. Boba Fett really leaned hard on the flashbacks, like where the Tuscan flashback story was almost equal to, if not more, than the main story. I have a feeling, just based on what we've seen so far, they're going to lean more in the direction of the Mandalorian approach to this. At least that's my hope from this first episode. Because I do think that the background in terms of you know, how Andor got to this place, you know, what him and his sister, kind of their their relationship is, how they got, you know, uh, brought from this planet that seems kind of disconnected from everything else into the midst of the galactic civil war. That's a 
pretty crucial component. But I guess the real reason I know that this is probably not going to be like the big story is because in this flashback, it's so young that they're kids. So it's a whole different cast and actors and everything else. So, you know, whereas with Boba Fett, it was like it was it was him both sides. So I don't know. I will, we'll see what ends up happening. Andor's not the only origin story that we get in this because we also get a chance to see this uh, future Imperial officer, I presume, in this security guard who's very by the book. He's very regimented. He wants to report everything. And his boss is just, you know, he's just trying to do a good job in the sense that he's just trying to keep all the Imperials from like getting too deep in the books. He basically is a manager not wanting to be audited. And he's got this problem because he's got this employee that is so by the book that this dude wants to get audited. And this is a, a tense relationship. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're covering up uh, you know, two of their their dudes getting kind of off in the streets. And so admittedly, you can kind of see where future Imperial boy is coming from. But at the same time, you know, like we're not really pulling for him. <laughs> I guess what they're doing quite well is they're they're showing the inner workings of what makes an imperial loyalist, right? Like I think that's what they're trying to do with this character. I don't see him as particularly likable. I mean, like instantly you're like, ah, oh, this dude. Like he tailored his his suits. Like he is such a suit that he literally tailored his suit to fit a certain way. He is so by the book that nothing you know can can otherwise get done. But at the same time, like while we as an audience and every normal person sees that kind of type A. Uh, uh, individual and cringes, you can also understand because there is like a logic that, that they operate under how they work. And it makes sense that we are seeing potentially the origins of, I, I would imagine one of the Imperial's most Imperial officers. Just a hunch. We'll see what ends up happening. Right now he's working for the security company of this larger corporation and whether or not that'll continue to be the case for long or if the Empire will actually either recruit him or if the Empire will take over uh, the corporation. We may see that. I'm guessing we're going to see a lot of inner workings between kind of these large galactic corporations, the Empire, the Rebellion as it's starting to be formed from inside the Senate and get connected with a lot of rebel cells. There's, there's so much promise here with what this series could have. I'm really excited to dive into the next episode. But that's my thoughts on the initial one. This is just episode one. Love to hear your thoughts on it. You can head over to tvtalk.fm to find all of our contact information. Share your thoughts. Use the hashtag and or TV talk uh, to let me know what your thoughts are on this episode. That's going to do it for me for now, but don't worry. I'll be back in a flash. Mm-hmm.